Before we start this episode of Real Rap, respect due to the new listener. Respect. Respect due to the veterans of Real Rap. Respect. And respect to the whack dudes, because see, y'all need to share this with them. With them. Expanding minds, because see, y'all already on like a higher level of existence. Of course. So look. You can get Real Rap, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Subscribe. For all you RSS people out there, boom. DanStatus.Podbean.com. Follow on Twitter. Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Facebook. Okay, I shouldn't have to say this stuff, but you know, I gotta remind you people to do this. Of course. Now let's start the show. That's the problem with those dudes, man, on Love & Hip Hop. They... Every chick they see that come in their lab, they like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stab, man. I gotta, I gotta get this, man. And it's like, dude, that that's already gonna fuck up the work relationship. How you think the music's gonna sound? The music's gonna suck. Because y'all not focused on anything else. You focused on her tits, not the beats. The secrets of the rap game exposed. This is real rap. Today's episode, we got the 12th doctor on deck from Western Salem, North Carolina. Hip hop producer, composer, audio engineer, MC. The true renaissance man of hip hop is his. Today's topics atheism, religion, the birth of his music, the future of where it's going, you hip hop dudes, and hip hop in general. Shut up, I was a I was a music fan way before the hip hop thing. So I mean we like we were talking earlier, you know, we both come from kind of similar backgrounds as far as the jazz thing and your parents being and your father being a jazz musician and my father, you know, plays African percussion, he has an African dance group. So I always had music around me anyway. It's just when uh, one of the first people I can actually remember turning me on to hip hop was my mother's brother, my uncle, who's no longer here. But he was the first dude, like the epitome of what hip hop was to me. Because for one, he had all the music. He had all the like, you know, Curtis Blow, Tila Rock, which Tila Rock was like my my very first favorite rap song ever. It's yours. Because, of, I mean, I like the stuff that was before, you know, like the... the well, Sugar Hill Gang was alright. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm for real. I mean, if you lived in New York and you heard Good Times as much as I, uh, I remember hearing it, and then to hear somebody put a rap on it, it's cool. But the rap was like kind of. Yeah. Anyway, when I when 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 it's yours kind of dropped, and you know, you know how he started the first commentating, illustrating this, he was just killing it over just a regular drum beat and then i that's kind of like the first time i heard i was like yo i love this stuff and then just to be in the midst of the culture when it you know most people can talk about talk about it like yeah they could talk about hip-hop but to be there when it started because i'm a 70s baby i'm from 74 so i kind of was shuffling between here and new york for a small amount of time i just so happened to be in new york at the point where hip hop was golden age, like eighty, the eight, the the early, well, not the well, yeah, the early eighties to mid eighties, like when when uh um uh 
those classic songs we know now, Airbnb, you know, I got soul dropped or the bridge is over. I remember actually hearing the bridge is over for the first time before, you know what I'm saying? Actually hearing the battles on KRS, I mean, uh, BLS and Kiss between Mr. Magic and Red Alert. That's something that you have to kind of experience to be there to see it happen in like history. It's like, it's amazing now that I think back on it, but back then I didn't think, oh, it's just, you know, it's just, it was just normal everyday things. It was a, a normal everyday shit. So when the hip hop kind of called me right there because I was there when it started, <laughs> in a sense. So, so the whole vibe, you know, because uh, I got hip hop came to me in, I want to say eighty six, you know, good year, man, but good, you great. know, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, when I first heard hip hop, I didn't like it. I was like, okay, well, what, what, what was the first song that you hear? What was the first song you remember hearing? Like the first hip hop song you remember hearing? See, I couldn't even tell you. I just remember everybody with the boom boxes. <laughs> so, I was one of them dudes, man. It, you know, everybody walking around with these boom boxes with these loud boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, What's this? You know what I'm saying? Because during that time, I was listening to uh, Duran Duran, Berlin. Uh, I was too. Berlin yeah. was hot. <laughs> you know, so I heard this noise. I'm like, eh. the the first hip-hop song that got me listening to it was uh, Walk This Way. Oh, DMC. Well, and Aerosmith. Yeah. Well, that's how most people were. And the, most, the, the, the majority of the world actually was... It really kind of besides Sugar Hill Gang, and I, I don't like talking about that song honestly as the first ha- as the first rap song. I really don't because it's not. That was not the first rap song. It was not the first rap song. It was the, the first. Fir- it was the first one. It was the first popular rap song. Yeah. King Tim the Third is really kind of considered the first rap song by the Fatback Band. Mm-hmm. If if you want to get technical with it. Or you can get real technical and say, well, if you want to incorporate uh, poetry into stuff, the last poets were like the really first rappers or the beat, the beat poets from the, you know, Jack Kerouac. Those cats from back in the 20s and the hip cats and all that stuff. I mean, you know, we could even take, you know, hip hop, if you really want to take it back, we could take it back to uh, when our ancestors was out there in them fields getting beat. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, we could take it back all the way back to the motherland, you know, because you know this is just an extension of you know our indigenous culture. True. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna say something that's that a lot of people are gonna look at or look at like what what do you mean? But if you look up what I'm about to say, it makes a lot of sense. The term hip hop itself, hip hip, is the wrong term for actually the wrong term to be used. Because hip, if you look it up in the dictionary, refers to a part of your body, right? Okay, if you want to take the word hip and take and, and take it back, back in the those times with the beat with the beat poets and stuff like that, you know the jazz cats, you know the ones with the berets and the bongo. That they had a term called hip, H E P. If you look up the term hip, it means like to be hip, hip cat, yo. I'm down. Are you down? Are you down with the vibe? That's really where the term came from. When those like guys from the, those white people from the suburbs came to the club, the jazz clubs, and they heard them saying like 
hip. They thought they said hip. So they went back to their hood and like, yeah, this is hip. But it's not really hip. The term is hep. So really, we're listening to hip hop. If you want to talk about it like that. <laughs> it's, I mean, really, the term hip is talking about your, your hips on your body. But really, what, what does hip hop mean? If you want to look at it like that. I mean, we, we, we went off on a tangent with that. But I mean, when you talk about hip hop, the term is so nebulous now, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Hep, hip, hemp. <laughs> it's all the same, dude. It's all right now. Like I was going to, I'll I put it like this, man. The only way, if you want to talk about the, the, the way hip hop is right now to me, I'm going to reference a movie that only, I mean, if there's some young cats, y'all probably want to understand it. But uh, you remember the movie, The Never Ending Story, Dan? Yeah, I remember it. Okay. If you kind of remember the, the story at the end of the movie, uh, Falcor the dragon and uh, your man, Atreyu, is riding on his back through this endless wasteland where they got these little pockets of land that's left, like these little ivories, ivory towers where imaginations, like the nothing, if you remember the, the pro, took over everything, which was like ignorance, right? And then he's, he's still flying through these little pockets of land looking for these little islands of some place to land. Mm. And he finds the ivory tower. So that's what I think is like right now in hip hop. There's like little pockets of really dope shit around but you're still floating through this na- this expanse of like ignorance and nothingness, dude. I mean, because some of the stuff that I heard is like, wow. All right. I mean, I- <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Now, from your perspective, because right, you came from the womb of hip hop, where did, when and who, how did the ignorance take over? Hmm. Well, I think we were doing good for all through the golden age. I mean, there was always dumb. There was always whack music. I don't want, I don't want anybody to get the, get the idea like everything that came from the golden era was like dope. Or everything that came from the 90s was like the hot stuff. I mean, we got some real stinkers out of there. Anybody remember Son of Berserk? <laughs> I liked him. Oh, no, you did not like Son of Berserk, man. I did. I can get I mean I could probably go worse than that man I mean we had our we had our like most people don't even know Brian Austin Green put an album out so it's like you know <laughs> and it was horrible but what I'm saying is it's like now uh, to me I think what happened was I I don't want to put this on them I don't want to put this on them dudes but um, when Wu first came out, and they said these two words, well, they said these three words, keep it real. That's what killed the imagination in hip hop to me, because everybody said when they when they heard the term "keep it real," they took it literally, like everything I do has to be real according to the standards of what hip hop is. You can't be like an artist that thinks outside of what society considers hip-hop to be. And that's why I don't make music for art, for, for people anymore. I don't make music for, I don't make my music for people. Because I don't, I refuse to let somebody, dict, uh, like an, a person who doesn't do music, dictate to me what I should be doing as an artist. I won't do it, I won't have it. 
if there, I mean, if if, if if people who listen to music actually try to tell other people artists how to make, they should make music themselves. And if they ain't making music themselves, I mean, how are you gonna tell me? You've never been in a booth. You've never you've never made a beat. You've never written a rhyme. But yet, yet still, you should tell me how I should direct my music. Just shut the fuck up and just accept what's being said or being played, whether you like it or not. Quit trying to tell people what to do far as music. And I've never told anybody to do anything far as music. I just say I wish the music industry would be more creative, have have much more of a balance. It's cool to have stupid shit, man. We've always had dumb music. But we also had music like you remember with hip hop, you had your you had it was like a full buffet. Yeah. You had you had you had your Dayla, you had your educational, you had your brand new ones, your Dayla, you had you had your hardcore rap, you had your Scarface, your your Seagram, your your doggone uh uh gangster nip. You and then you had those in-betweens. You had something for everybody. Now you don't have something for everybody. You just have people who like to trap, people who like to go to strip clubs, that's the music that they listen to, hip hop, or what they consider to be hip hop. And well, anything my, else? <laughs> wait a minute. Or my personal favorite is the uh, dudes who just make um, dusty backpack music. Okay, yeah. And and you know I don't. I'm not. Yeah, that's true. I'm not like cosigning. Everything has to be black moon, dark, deep underground stuff. But just mix it up, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm also tired of these. I'm not gonna say their names, but rappers that try to do these like. Soft ass purple heart care bear love songs with Drake. The, yeah. Well there oh, you, you go. You, said, you know, all this all this Good man, just shut the fuck up and rap, man. I mean what's the, I mean I, I I was trying to explain this to somebody as far as music. And this goes kinda outside of the realm of hip hop, but it kinda goes within it. I was telling somebody like the music that you hear, you could hear a for example, let's take a Chris Brown song. You could take Chris Brown vocals off of that shit, and you could take another person and put it right on it, and it wouldn't make a fucking difference. No, because it all sounds the same. That's why when people play like popular music or what they call popular top forty music, and I hear it, I'm like, well, who's that? I, I mean, I don't know who that is. He sounds just like the last person. She sounds just like the last person that I heard. Mary J. Blige, actually, to me. Her album, that her new album, is really kind of dope because, for one, she went outside of her box. She challenged herself. Mm. She, and she said this in an interview. She was like, I felt like I needed to do this album because I, cha- I needed to challenge my, my artistic abilities. So that's why, when, if you ever listen to that album, it's called The London Sessions. It's like one of her best albums, dog, since her first. It's because she, she, she drove herself to okay, well, I know I can do this stuff. This is this is easy. Let me try something that's gonna challenge my mind and make me do something else or make a different sound. And that's the problem with a lot of rappers. You get lazy. A lot of these cats are lazy as hell lyrically. They just think, okay, well, I wrote me a hit song and I wrote me a hook, and uh, well, that's that's cool. I could do it again. It's like a motherfucker that sits at a, a art a art gallery all day and makes stick figures. <laughs> and and I got an art gallery next door, and I'm making like Sal- Salvador Dali shit and Matisse's. But everybody likes the niggas with the damn stick figures. They like, yo, them stick figures is hot, nut. Yo, the stick figures is hot, son. 
yo, yo, man, fuck that dog on impressionist shit, man. That shit is garbage, man. I don't want to think. I just want to look at a stick figure. <laughs> but, <Yo. laughs> but you know what? Like what you just said, though, like you could apply that to any form of entertainment. Um, even yeah. even food, you can, you know, because cats want stuff out of a box. <laughs> you whip up something, you know, homemade and fresh. It's like, what's this? Yeah, well, I know, man. I need my junk food, man. I need my additives, my yellow number five, and all that shit. <laughs> I need that shit. But, but you yo, know, man. <laughs> but you know what? One thing about Drake, though, I don't know. I was listening to some of his stuff, and, and the one thing about Drake, we we can throw him under the bus, but at the end of the day, Drake is Drake. True. Not. I'm not going to entirely do that, though, Dan. Honestly, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I, I'm not going to throw him under the bus completely. I'll put him under one wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he, if you listen to stuff that he did when he was in Canada and he was doing music with this cat named Slacker, the beat child, and he was working with this other cat named Hazel, mm. that shit is dope. In fact, he has this song. In fact, I'll send it to you. It's called Between Me to You. And on the hook, he's saying, I know I shouldn't be rapping like this. I know I should be talking about bitches and chicks, but. I, you know, this is who I am, so just keep this between me and you. <laughs> and I, and the track is bananas, dog. The track is really dope. And it's like, yo, why aren't I hearing this stuff now? It's because his co- he had to he had to play the game, as they say. You know, if you want to get in that game and make the money, you gotta you gotta make the shit to sound like, you know, the audience wants you to be a fucking iPod. They don't want you. They don't want you to be anything else. Now, you play what we know. That's it. <laughs> All right. Now, you just said, right, you, you make music for you. Yep. And you don't want nobody telling you how to make a beat. No. Okay. Unless, unless, they, unless, they, unless they're requesting me to make a track for them. You know, you come to me like, yo, I want you to make this track for me, and I want this kind of vibe. Then, yeah, because you're putting me under contract. But, you know, people that say, yo, you know, I know, man. Why is your shit so laid back, 12? That's me, man. That's me. You want you want something from you know, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go looking for Herbie Hancock music to be heavy metal because I know what Herbie Hancock does. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know the style of his music. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to damn Dre or Pete Rock and tell me I want to tell him I want a trap beat. They're gonna look at me like, yo, I don't do trap beat. Go to this dude. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I've, I've dabbled in the trap beats and doing little stuff on, on my own. I've, I've tried to take, like, that, that basic drum and the sprinkler, sprinkler system uh, hi-hats that everybody loves using and, like, incorporate my own style into it. And it, it, I got a couple of beats like that. I just haven't really played a lot of them or presented them on projects that I've done. But Why not? I've, <laughs> Uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm 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 like testing the waters with that. I got my lab coat on with that shit. I'm like trying to test people to see. Like I got some real nice ones. You can you can ask Knox. Knox got a couple of them that he's gonna be doing uh, some music with, man, uh, in the near future. But in fact, we got a project that's that we're doing. We can't really say too much about it. It's kind of like top secret. But we got this kind of project. You you'll probably be like one of the first cats to know about it. But He's finishing up uh, some music, and I I got this final project that I'm trying to put out before we do it. But 
that that's we're still talking on the other end on that uh, of this man. So, what, what was you, what was you saying about the, um about um I make music for myself. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, because you know, as a producer, after a while, there's like this threshold you hit where you see what everybody else is doing, and then you have to like evolve and do you. Now, my question to you is this: When did that change happen, and why? Hmm. Um, well, see, before we get before you, let me let me tell you, I haven't really been making beats as long as everybody else has. I mean, really, I started making beats like in, to be honest, probably like um, about two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Okay. So it's it's going up on six years, man. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was I was strictly emceeing. I was writing. You know what I'm saying? I was doing stuff. You know with myself and then Knox and the nobodies and all that shit. So before that, I was a DJ. <laughs> so so I kind of evolved, man. I evolved into, into now making beats because I got tired of wanting beats and not having anybody to make them for me like I wanted them. Mm. So I'm in that position where I can do that stuff now. So, I mean, I look at my... It kind of happened when... When I start hearing stuff that just everybody is starting to sound the same like basically i don't care if you sample sample breaks what have you but i mean it's what you do with them that makes a difference you know somebody like puffy who just samples a damn song and just plays a record to me that's not like there's no work in that i mean you you got a fruity loops you know you got fruit loops you know you know how easy it is to just take a record put it on a and sample like eight bars of it and maybe put a clap on it <laughs> with a couple of ads, and it's it, it's a hit, you know what I'm saying? And it's something it's a it's a track used that everybody knows, you know. What I'm saying? I don't never really hear nobody sampling no break like no long break that, of something that nobody knows because you know your crates ain't that deep. So that's why I be telling producers, yo, listen to music outside of R&B. Listen to listen to music outside of R and B. The world does not around revolve around R and B. It just doesn't. Real quick, I get tired of this because when cats come to me for beats, right? I I hate this. This is just a pet, pet peeve of mine. Yeah, you got any of that soul shit? Oh, you talking about the chipmunk shit? Nah, it, <laughs> that or just you know, just some old. They want you to sample the dramatics and shit like that. Yeah, with the Wurlitzer and uh, just that classic soul music. I mean, I can make it. I get tired of it, though. You know, it's the the one thing about the MC. I I can't even call him that. You know what? Even rapper is stretching it because these dudes don't even rap right. But these people on the mic, right, they always... They don't expand who they are as an no. artist. Okay, no. it's it's you know uh, you either got the backpack dude, the trap dude, or Drake. That's it. So you know when they come to me for a track, you know I'm like, uh, do I have to? Yeah, because nine times out of ten, most of the rap nine times out of ten, most rappers today are gonna either freestyle. Which I have nothing wrong with freestyle. There's nothing wrong with freestyle, but freestyling me as an MC is like exercise. 
It's like I could do it, but I mean, why why should I do it when I can write a good song? You know what I'm saying? So I mean, there's rappers out there who can freestyle their ass off, but they write piss poor songs. They have no idea what song structure is, but they can they can get in there and spit. They can spit uh, to, uh, spit 16 bars. You know what I'm saying? About absolutely nothing but talking about wetting up your chest. You know, shit like that. You know, like like dude, you you, you just gun you gun clapping on damn wax. That's all. <laughs> shit, I mean, for real, you just bodying people on wax. That's all to me. I mean, I I I don't see how a person could buy a person's album today and like listen to like 18 songs of absolutely the same repetitive concepts over and over and over and over again. And and this is another thing I want to get this in real quick. Motherfuckers don't make real albums no more. They're compilation albums. It's me and MC such and such and DJ who and who. Along, on every song, you got to have somebody with you. So, I mean, when do we get to find out who you are? Not who you hang with. But who are you? Like, if you buy a gang, if we, we used to buy a Tribe Called Quest album. We listened to Tribe Called Quest. We were brought into Tribe Called Quest's world. It, you know, nothing, and you know, they might have had a couple of homies with them, but it was Tribe Called Quest. When you went into Wu Tang's world, it was all about Wu. It, it was, was 200 of them, so you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, single or like Gangstar, we oh. knew what Gangstar was about. Each of these artists had different individual identities. Black Moon, Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper. You were brought into their world like a book or a movie. Now it's like all the movies are the same. I'm in the same fucking atmosphere that I was in the last album. It's, it's like <laughs> okay, to expand on this point, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you in the comics? Uh, I used to be. Okay. You know, I'm a I'm an otaku now. I'm a straight black anime fan, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the drill, right? Now, you know in comics, right, you had the Avengers, the Justice League, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, the only time they really got together was either in the Avengers, okay, or... Um, With the Justice Clone Wars? League. Yeah. But yeah. see, what happened was, because this is very similar to comics, it's... um. The characters stopped living in their own little world and you got used to them and you saw the character develop, but now it's all about, like, the big event. Yeah. Okay, DC and Marvel right now is just big event after big event after big event. Now, comic heads always scream about how they hate it, but uh, yet, when that big event comes out, it's selling through, you know, through the roof. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you see the similarities in hip-hop, you know, as you said... When you got an artist, you got them. Yeah. Now it's them, you know, it, it's the main event. Yeah, that's true. And and Cats put out too many albums, mm. honestly. Cats put out too many. Uh, they, they don't give you, they, they don't give, artists don't give you a chance to miss miss them anymore. You remember back when Kane first dropped Long Live the Kane? Yeah. Look how long it took before he dropped another album. The, the 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 other the the next one after it was almost like three four years. Mm -hmm. It gave you time to miss, actually miss wanting to hear some Kane. He didn't do he didn't really do no he didn't do no doggone uh, cameos on nobody's stuff. Not really. He might have did maybe one or two, but it gave you a chance to damn. I can't wait till the next Kane album come out. Or you know it was like that back then. Now cats be putting out like 
two, three albums a year and shit, mixtapes. So it's like, damn, you you oversaturate yourself. You have to learn how to keep a balance between staying relevant and being don't not oversaturating your, yourself because you know people do get tired of of you. You become you know the the the, the music industry is has ADD and shit. So <laughs> I mean, you you could be fine, you could be hot for fifteen seconds and then you know <laughs> the next <laughs> next five seconds later they like who are you? Yeah, but you, but you know what? See, I always blame the fans for this because yeah. one, yeah, we we do have like this oversaturation of hip hop right now. But yet, the fans demand that you have to, you know, be in their face all the time. You know what? Uh, the classic saying, uh, "Out of sight, out of mind." That's what I was trying to get at. That's what I was trying to get at. You know, artists like Prince. When Prince put out an album, that shit is a fucking event. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, he's he's gotten to that status, and that's another one of my idols, man. Hmm. Sorry. He's another one of my idols. Love the dude. Who's better, him or Mike? From a musical standpoint, dog, Prince, man. I love Mike. Mike is an entertainer to me. He's an enter- He was an entertainer to me. He was okay, but Prince, to me, Prince was a, he was a musical genius. To me he was just a musical genius that man is like that i would love to sit down and pick that dude's brain for one day man just one day let me let me come hang out with you in the lab man i just want to see what you do because the dude is a, he's a genius man <laughs> you know what i gotta agree with you because uh, me and my boy always get in an argument he always said mike i always said prince you know what made mike hot though honestly that off the wall album Rod Temperton, man, one of the head lead singer, the lead singer of Heat Wave. That's who that's who kind of produced that album. Mm. That's why the album that's why the album is so funky like that. If you if you know anything about Heat Wave, you know Heat Wave was dope back in the day. Yeah. I, I'm dating myself now, dog, you know. That's all right. You 74, <laughs> I'm 73 and proud of it. Yeah, me too, man. You know, we that you, you can hear that in that music, man. That's why I'm a, I'm a fan of like Steely Dan. I love Steely Dan. Steely Dan to me is like one of the baddest rock, uh, like that era rock group out there. Mm-hmm. Duran Duran, dude. We were both Duran. My aunt was like a Duran Duran, like nut. <laughs> she was a nut. And she had every, I mean, she turned me on to Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Mm-hmm. In, in my list of favorite albums of all time, that's in, that's in my top, probably top 10. That album, that album is, for anybody that's never heard it, go listen to Seven and the Ragged Tiger by Duran Duran. That and Rio. Those are awesome albums. Rio. But look, <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. You started off as a DJ. What called you to become a DJ? The records in my uncle's closet and my father's closet. I used to play them joints all the time. Well, when I was younger, you know the, the great Fisher Price turntable? Of course. Well, you course that's what that's that's like the and the first albums i remember getting was um heavy weather and black market by weather report mm-hmm. uh man child and secrets by herbie hancock and my favorite to this day out jazz album places and spaces by donald bird mm-hmm. so that was kind of like my foundation of like my just straight musical shit my musical side so i mean when hip-hop came in i just Felt like okay, I wanted to DJ, so I started DJing at really actually at the age of thirteen. When I was, uh, I, I I used to DJ for the college radio station uh, here in in Winston. 
uh, for Winston-Salem State. I was like, I, I wasn't even in college. Mm. <laughs> so it just so happened that I was um, in uh, Upward Bound over there, and then my father introduced me to the main the head of the of the station that time because that's i was actually going to be getting into broadcasting when i graduated high school yeah. so he took me to introduce me to the head of uh wsnc 90.5 which is the college station and the lady liked me so much she was like well hey why don't you work over here on the weekends so she gave me a show i was i was playing jazz in the afternoon and then uh i would i would do a hip-hop show from eight to one 13 years old, DJing at a college station, playing hip-hop. So, yeah, that's how it really started. And so, <laughs> so what was the adventures like as a DJ? It's crazy, man. I mean, on the air, it's like, man, we had a ball, man. It was fun. I mean, we were all in, you know, I had, I was in, still, let me see, 13. I was in, I was in eighth grade. You know what I'm saying? I, I was getting ready to go to the ninth grade. Mm. So I was like, I was a freshman in high school. You know what I'm saying? Being in high school, being basically like a kind of like a, a cool. I was one of the cool nerds. I was athlete. I was. Um, see, you went into sports. I was athletically challenged as a kid. <laughs> I'm left handed. I'm left handed. And I run on my toes, dog. So, <laughs> so yo, after getting laughed at on the basketball court and shit, after trying, I was like, man, fuck this sports shit. I'm going to make music. So while guys were out catching balls, I was listening to beats and listening to music in the house. I mean, I, I did go out and play. Like, you know, you go play touch football and all that. Yeah. But I never really took it serious. Mm. I mean, I never liked sports. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. To this day, people well, are like, I mean, you are challenged at it, so of course, you know. You're like, you don't watch football? No, not really. I mean, if I had to pick a team, I'd pick my Giants. I did used to watch baseball a lot, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I'm, I don't do sports. Uh, <laughs> I'm like Akinel. <laughs> so, all right, so you started at a radio station. Now, Court, I know you made that transition from uh, the radio to now doing parties. I haven't done any parties in a minute, man. I mean, I need to get back into it, man. But I'm talking about during that time. Oh, during that time? Yeah. Um, I DJ one. I did a couple of little parties. Uh, like I would usually like okay, my DJ at the time, Joy, uh, Tommy G Mix mm -hmm. and Eagle Man. We would do gigs or they would do gigs, and I would just roll with them. Not as like you know, like I'm DJing this party, but I would just roll with them, you know, and help them, you know, carry crates, you know, do the things that everybody does, you know, hang out. And then you know, they'll get tired or he might want to go holler at a chick. He'd be like, yo, yo. At the time, you know, they. At the time, my name was Flower Child, so they like, "Yo, Flower Child, come over here and get on the get on the wheels, hold it down for me." So I would start spinning, uh -huh. and so really that was that was how I was DJing, like doing parties. But at that time, I was more concentrated on. Uh, at that time, I had hooked up with you. Know, I hooked up with Knox because me and Knox actually met in Upward Bound. Mm. <laughs> he was. I mean, we were over there for the summer program, and uh, he was down the hall blasting some music. And I was blasting Daylight, and I happened to come down the hall and hear where he was playing. Like, yo, that's that's um, that's um, who was he playing? Nob, oh, uh, uh, Supreme DJ Nobborn's Versatility. I don't know if you you've ever heard that song up there. No. Oh, so you're not familiar with like the payroll crew from down here in North Carolina? That's old school shit. Like, but uh, the the camp that uh, Ski, Ski, uh, Ski that did the beats for Jay Z and uh, uh, Ski Beats. Yeah. 
Yeah, he that's his camp. That's his old school camp, the Busy Boys. Yeah, they from Green. A lot of people are from Greensboro and this area, dog. That a lot of people don't know. Of course, you know, you know, Knife is from here, from the, from here. Oh yeah, uh, Patrick. Yeah, Pat, as we call him, Patrick. I'm not. I'm not. I'm dude. I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not going there. That that'll start a whole wait Facebook. Wait a minute. That'll, first of all, first of all, okay. Real rap likes controversy. Oh, real rap okay. likes real stories. Well, I, I'll tell you my views. I, I kind of figured you might have asked me since we're from the same town. How do I feel about Ninth? I've heard about Patrick. Oh, well, well we're calling since, him Patrick on this show. I'm just saying I've heard mm-hmm. certain okay. stories. So I'm just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of those stories, from what I heard, have been because like I, I I've talked to certain cats in the industry. And I've seen certain things on YouTube about cats in the industry, and I I know some of these cats, and really what they are saying is kind of, in a sense, yeah, it is. And I mean, this has nothing to do with that cat musically, because I mean, I dude's music is is dope in a sense. I wish he put away that damn snare he keep using like every freaking beat, but I mean that's to be accepted. But I mean, a lot of I mean. Yo, dude is doing his thing down here. He, he's got his little uh, record label, Jamler. You know what I'm saying? My homeboy, Big Remo, is like signing them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, it's, he doing his thing here. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't throw no shade on the dude like that. But, you know what I'm saying? He's doing his thing. But uh, a lot of cats are kind of, you know, there's grumblings in the hip-hop North Carolina community. But this community is really weird, man. I mean, most of the, like, the real, real hip-hop like how we consider real hip-hop is down east like raleigh durham the triangle area you know what i'm saying we're kind of stuck in this area between like really everything here is trapped out trap music dog that's what runs this that's what runs this shit man and it's it's like it's like being in the being surrounded you're like the only person or we like the only people that really do this this type of stuff here so it's like we're kind of outcasts on our own little island. Y'all in the negative zone. Yeah, we are in the negative zone. You know, you got my people, like my fam, Superstition, that's down in, uh, in Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Super and uh, out west, you know, you got, um, well, I can't really say they're together anymore, but I still keep in contact with them. You remember Yag Fu Front? Yeah. Yeah, Yag. That's, that's extended fam right there, man. Damage, Deranged, Mr. Spinforth, Assassin, and Jingle Bell. Yeah. They still putting well. Some of the cats still doing music. It's just like the the game is not solidified here anymore. It's just it's like everybody's out for themselves. It's, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. dude, look. Now you know I talk to um, people from all over the place, right? The story that you're telling me, I can apply that to Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, L.A., um, St. Louis, wherever. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Because there's always. Because pretty much, I, I can say this officially, like, the United States is the United States of trap. No matter <laughs> where you go, somebody's trapping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the essence of this is, is out the window because you got everybody chasing the lottery dream because trap is hot. Or this hybrid trap pop, that's what everybody's going after. Well, the bull, it makes it even worse. When uh, they do this, they show this show on VH1 
love and fucking hip hop, and I ain't seen no fucking I ain't seen no parts of hip hop in that shit. Have you have you seen any part of hip hop and love and hip hop? I I I don't see it. Altogether, I've seen one minute of it. And I mean, dude, there's artists on there like, okay, when the last time, when, t- please tell me when was the last time p- really Peter Guns in the hip-hop community was fucking relevant? Uh, with that song, him and his man, um, Uptown, baby. Uptown, okay, that, that baby. was what? That was what? The, the, the late 90s? That was mid-90s. Mid-90s. So, I mean, you're not doing anything now. Rich Dollars, whoever the dude is, I haven't really heard anything that he's done. So, I mean, it's like, why are we focusing on these people that don't really do hip-hop or have done hip-hop or not doing it anymore when it's the show's called Real Hip-Hop? I mean, Love and Hip-Hop. It's the consumeristic aspect of our society, man. You know, we, we consume bullshit. It's, it's Viacom, man. To me, it's Viacom, dog. They, they basically hijacked a culture and said, hey, we can make some money off this shit right here. I mean, they, they, I mean, really, all that show is about is fucking drama. That's really all that show is about. It has nothing to do with the creative process of hip-hop or people making hip-hop. It's about dudes who want to make hip-hop that have chicks who want to make hip-hop. So they try to fuck the dudes who making the beats in order, and then it causes a whole lot of drama. Well, let me ask you this. As a producer, right, how many chicks have tried to fuck you for a beat? Keep it real. Uh, to be honest, dog, yeah. none. Okay. See, that's... Be honest. <laughs> that's none. real hip-hop. Ain't nobody trying to fuck us shit. None. I have never... Yo, for real, in all the time... And this is my word. This is, I can't swear to God because I don't believe in them. This another, that's a whole other story. But well, we can delve into that, too. I, okay, we right. can we can, but I swear to the people's God who they believe in that I have never been approached by a woman and told, and the woman like came on to me, was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You gonna hook, you gonna hook my album up, right? And start licking on my neck and kissing on me. That shit ain't real, son. <laughs> that shit is not real, man. <laughs> I don't know where they get these ideas. And that's why I think there's so many of these little young dudes trying to be producers because they think that's how that shit going to be. And it's not like that, dude. Yo, producers, we are some of the most secluded uh, secluded motherfuckers in the music industry. We don't really fuck with people like that. If we got a girl, we have a girl. We're not sitting there letting people come in the lab. Well, maybe they are now, but, you know, that type shit to me is like, that's all fantasy, man. Okay, it's, well, wait a minute. First of all, okay, see... One, coming to a producer's lab is is sacred and, and secretive. Okay, you need yeah. you need security clearance. They just be busting. You see that? They be just be busting up in there. The chicks come in there. And you're like, yeah, come in. And yo, yo, I was watching one episode, man, one time. The, the dude's in there. He's in there in a session with one of the girls, one chick. And I guess he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't even doing nothing with this chick or something. This chick just comes in in the middle of the session and just starts the whole drama thing. And I'm like, dude, I was like, yo, do you know how disrespectful that is? I mean, I mean, granted, you that's your man, but still, 
that's just that's straight up disrespectful to that man's art form and that man's that man's craft. You 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 just walking up in there, yo. I'm not leaving the studio. Oh yes, the fuck you are. Bye. This is work here. You you messing with my money. <laughs> that I don't understand it. It's like you know that same thing I have with dudes like bringing a bunch of people to the studio and like you know okay yo turn the mic on let's freestyle while I smoke this blunt. <laughs> I read it. Yo, okay. Before we continue, I gotta throw this in here. Certain things that I say on this show, people do not believe me. What? No, they think okay, this is you know just glamorous. What you have just explained is what this is all really about. Because as a producer. Now, I know we cool, so I could show up to your crib, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. But I got to let you know first. I just can't be like, hey, 12, let me in. <laughs> yeah. No, and then and then once, you know what I'm saying, I come to your sanctuary, all right, I got to respect it. I got to fall back and just listen. You may play something. You may not. Okay, because y'all some secretive dudes. Yes. Yes. No, okay. if you my if you if you if you my people, I'll play stuff. Like I ain't mean to cut you off, but Knox will do this. He'll I go over to his lab, and he'll just start playing beats. And I'll be like, "Yo, damn, that shit crazy. Where you get that from? Yo, man, I don't play this stuff when everybody else around. I just play it when you around. <laughs> I like so you holding out on me, huh? He's like, nah, man. He said he said like, yo, these beats. He said these the type of beats that you know the average dudes that come over. They, they they wouldn't even fuck with. So that's why I, when you come over, I know what you fuck with. So that's why I played it. And I do the same thing for him. You know, I wouldn't have a dude over here, trap, trap, you know, a trap dude talking about, let me hear some beats. And then I play that dude like some, some jazzy ass laid back shit. I mean, you know, I wouldn't do that to him. So, but, but you right about that though, man. You know, you gotta, you know, <laughs> dudes be bringing their, their cousins and shit. Yo, yo. Yo, man, turn turn on the mic and let's freestyle. Hold on, let me ask you this now. When you have seen a woman in the studio, all right, is she attractive? Yeah, but I mean, it's about work, man. It's about work. And is she coming there for you? No, she's coming there to work. She's coming there to put. She's coming there to put lyrics down. That's what. That's the problem with those dudes, man. On love and hip hop, they. Every chick they see that come in their lab, they like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stab, man. I gotta, I gotta get this, man. And it's like, dude, that that's already gonna fuck up the work relationship. How you think the music's gonna sound? The music's gonna suck. Because y'all not focused on anything else. You focused on her tits, not the beats. I mean, that, I, mean that, I can't get I can't get no realer than that right there, dog. Seriously. So as far as hip hop, man, hip hop right now, I, I have just about enough faith. In hip hop, in the mainstream, as I do in people's imaginary friend that they go talk to on Sunday to the ceiling, but you know, and that's also hard being an artist that thinks that way too, man. You I know mean, what? Fuck it. Let's just jump into it. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Being an atheist and crafting hip hop, what are some of the dilemmas of that? Oh boy. 
Now there's a, there's a cat out there named Graydon Square who really does some really good, like atheist hip hop. He's really dope, man. And I got a, actually an album, uh, some beats on an album from another cat that's coming out from DC named MC Brooks. He's got an album coming out called Phoenix Down, which he's and he's an atheist too. It's like an it's it's a subset of hip hop. It's a it's a sub genre of hip hop that a lot of people really don't know about. It's hard because. A lot of the things that you want to write and a lot of things you want to say, you already know going in that you're going to offend somebody and you're going to say something that's going to offend somebody. But at the same time, you have this hope that you might say something that might make somebody not convert or, you know, because nobody's trying to do that. I've never tried. I'll never try to tell somebody not what not to believe or what to believe. I'll I'll tell you what I think of your beliefs, but... (laughs) I won't tell you what to believe, but I, I think that something that my, I might say or want somebody else like, you know, uh, Tombstone, the dead man or or, you know, cats like that might say that might just spark a person to use their logic and think, hmm, maybe I need to reassess what I believe is true or not. Because really, to be perfectly honest, most people don't know what an atheist is. An atheist is just somebody that has been presented a claim that there is a God, I just reject that claim. I don't believe it. So it doesn't mean I don't believe in nothing. I just don't believe in there's no evidence to prove that the claim that you're making is true. That's all it, that, that's all it, uh, atheist speaks about. It tells, it tells nobody anything about my political views, the type of music I listen to. It doesn't tell you, you know, whether I'm Coke or Pepsi. It just answers one question. Do you accept the, con- the concept of a God? And there's no evidence of it, so I don't. And everything else, I believe everything else that everybody else believes, for the most part. I mean, I believe in education. I believe in, you know, love, life, pursuit of happiness. But an, an invisible sky daddy? No, I don't. But see, you know, the popular uh, conception of an atheist is, since you don't believe in God, a God, that you have no morals, that you're do what thou wilt so where do i i would have to ask that person where do they get their morals from then other than society and what we choose to view i mean there is no there is no such thing as an 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 objective truth objective moral law there is none because if that was the case if you if you want to sit there and say god's in the the, uh, objective moral lawgiver well okay if that's the case then he's objective then he can't if you want to put it like that, if he decides that something like killing innocent kids is good, then it's good. No matter whether we know whether it's good or not, he's the objective moral lawgiver. So if tomorrow God says, okay, we're going to start killing kids. It's good because it's the youth of youth of dilemma. Is something good because it's inherently good or is it good because God says it's good? It's a it's a it's a philosophical question that still hasn't never been answered because you can't test God by a scientific method. So there's no evidence to prove that you could. I mean, and, and then you want to think about it another way. You can sit and say, well, if you say that and most people in the country, this country say that the, that the Bible is the word of God, all you have to do is open that thing up. And I can I can show you I can show you how. I mean, if you're going to get your Bible, if you're going to get your morals from the Bible, then right now, today, 
since we're doing this podcast, somebody needs to drag us out and stone us because we are actually working on the Sabbath. Um, Sabbath is actually <laughs> Saturday. Sa- Saturday, okay. Today's we'll get- Sunday, so we good. Sunday. We're good. Okay, but uh, oh, we're both wearing mixed fabric, though. <laughs> we're both wearing mixed fabric. I mean, because, so, you, you, know, you know, I grew up in a Judeo-Christian household. And um, now, see, here's the funny thing. I am a theist. And when I have discussions like this with an atheist, believe it or not, I don't get angry. Why would you? <laughs> no, dude. 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 Oh, no, look, man. This call- Hold up. In certain circles, just me um, talking to you, befriending you, right? Having uh-huh. a common brotherhood and bond with you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm getting stoned. Oh yeah, oh yeah, or oh, or oh, either that or you yo you know what you know what I'm saying uh, a great uh, a atheist comedian said uh my man Steve Hill, he says he says being in, being a black atheist you have the best friends and family plan, you lose all your friends and family. <laughs> it's, I mean it's weird, man. I've had people I've had people tell me yo I worship the devil. Yeah. I was like, dude, I don't believe in a God. Why would I believe in a devil? <laughs> I don't get that. So, you know, I get that a lot, man. And, and I mean, we're no, man, be honest, we're no different than anybody else. I mean, I don't, you know, people might look at my Facebook page and think that I, you know, I poke a lot. And that's, and that's just me generally. I do that about anybody. I don't care. I'm like the Seth, I'm like a black Seth MacFarlane. I fuck with everybody. I don't care. Mm. But, but, you know, some people they can they i guess they take it to to a point of was like oh well you're crossing a line or you shouldn't you shouldn't you should respect my point of view and i don't think anybody's point of view should be immune to be examined scrutinized, scrutinized yeah. yeah but people think that if you say something about their religion they're, they're, you, that you're attacking them like I tell people, I don't attack, I'm not attacking you as a person. I'm attacking ideas and ideas that you might have. And an idea can be called stupid. An idea can be called idiotic when it doesn't make sense. And you can prove that it doesn't make sense. But most people will just stick their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear you. I'm going to believe what I want to believe anyway, so it doesn't matter. Ha, 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 I win. And God bless you. And then run. Like yo, we can't even have we can't even have a conversation without you. And then if it's not that, is I'm going to hell. It's like damn. All right, is that how condescending is that? Like you're gonna you can't have a conversation with me because or they'll tell me oh I'll pray for you, but I'm so scared of what's going to happen to you. I'm not scared of anything because nothing's going to happen to me when I die. Because you know why? I'll be dead. It doesn't matter. I'll be I'll be dead. I don't remember being born. I don't remember what life was like before I was born. So why would I remember life after I'm gone? And you that know, that go ahead. Oh, I don't mean to cut you off, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, we're about to go off on a tangent. Anyway. <laughs> I love tangents. <laughs> One of my things is this, you know, being so pre concerned with the afterlife. I'm like, uh, because you brought up a good point, because I've always questioned this. Where were we before we was born? If you want to take the scientific method, uh, talk scientific, we were matter. Mm. I mean, we were just matter. We weren't the, the, 
the 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 molecular structure that made up Dan Status and Twelve Doc was just matter. It it hadn't formed into what we are now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, the, the, I thought the point that you were going to get to, which I guess I I think what you were getting to is that we have so much of a uh, of a obsession with an afterlife, and I think that is like a it's 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 something that's psychologically built into the human psyche to combat the fact and the 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 the, the undisputable fact that we are going to die one day. Yeah. So so I look at it like to me that kind of cheat of people who believe in an afterlife like that, to me I think that's like you're you spend all this time trying to talk about this afterlife and you don't appreciate the life, the one life that you know you have. You know for sure you have this life, but you're going to waste it and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We're going up in the clouds to be with everybody in the future. I mean, how, how smart does that sound, for real? I mean, and then, then I mean, on a, on a basic term, when you want to think about it, when you die, everything that you know, everything that makes up me and you, is in our brains, our mind. That's what makes up Dan Stat. This is what makes up 12 Doc. After we get wherever we go cremated or in the ground, all that that brain is going to go. That mind no longer exists that's inside that brain. So we won't remember. If, if, if you see your relatives on the other side, if they're, you won't remember them because you won't remember who you are because you don't have that mind anymore. But you, you now see, I've heard this because you know uh, I do delve into the occult. Ooh, ooh, okay. wee. So you know, have people sending you uh, bottles of of oil, boy, the anointment oil. <laughs> <laughs> occult means hidden knowledge. That's what it means. Yeah. All right, because you know, like when you, because uh, I listen to like all the spiritual nut jobs, right? Like um, they always say that we're part of the universal consciousness. So once we leave this, it's basically a concept of heaven and hell that we go back to the source. Mm. And, and what we do um, that once we're into the source, we add our experience to the collective consciousness of the universe. That's not like that Deepak Chopra type, yeah, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but I mean, really, I look at it like this, man. Who... This dude, just like any other dude, is on Earth. He's a human being. How the fuck are you going to have a... How the fuck are you going to listen to a human being tell you about what happens after you die? Has he ever died? No. And come back? No. Nobody has. Nobody has ever come back from the dead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, People, no. No no three-day... No, no, no. But that's solar worship. Yeah, we all know that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Oh no! Yeah, you did. You know that. But the thing that gets me though is when they uh they had they try to say it, it was a sacrifice. I don't under if you look up the definition of a sacrifice. A sacrifice is anything that you have of any worth that you once you lose it. Like a sacrifice. I go to a casino, and I got five hundred dollars in my pocket, and I want to double and, that, and, and, and I want to double my money. <laughs> I'm gonna sacrifice my five hundred dollars, right, for the month for to, to try to double it. If I lose, I can't come back three days later and be like, "Yo, can I get my five hundred dollars back?" Because I sacrificed it. So think about it. it. When it comes to that story 
a guy sacrifices his life, dies, come back three ba- three days later, gets his life back, and goes up to heaven and rule to rule to rule the universe. Does that make is that any kind of sacrifice? What the hell did he sacrifice? A human body? Well, he's God. You can just make another one. No, no, no. Jesus is not God. See, everybody. Well, uh, according oh, I, according I to, to a lot that. of according to, according to a lot of people, he is. He's that's not. what it, that's what, <laughs> that's why it's a cult. Oh. <laughs> no, that is honest truth, man. It actually started out as a cult in the Rome in in Roman times. It started out as a group of people who basically followed a person, followed the ideas of a person. That over time, those once they started writing those things down, they just added stuff. I mean, if they would have told a basic story about a dude who just said a bunch of stuff, that would have been pretty boring. You know, they didn't they didn't have they didn't have uh direct TV and internet. So they had to make their stories interesting when they were telling them. So they're like, yo, okay, I'm gonna tell the story how it is, but I think I'm gonna t- I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that this dude actually walked on water. That'll beef the whole story up. And then later on, that's it's like the game of telephone. Somebody else told the story, said, yo, he walked on water. Plus, he turned water into wine. So I got to up the ante on it. Then it, people just started upping the ante on the story until it became to the point where I'm going to up the ante on everybody. How about this dude died and came back three days later? Top that. So that's but, <laughs> but hold up, but e- even that story, when you look through um, human history, right, that story has popped up time after time. Oh, yeah. Time. O- Osiris, Mithras, Mazda, uh, man, I can name about Imhotep was called the father, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, healed the sick. Hotep, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, you basically the the, the whole basic status, and it, this is probably when I actually kind of like because I was a deist for a while, believe it or not. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I, I did until I until I kind of woke up. But it was like the thing that kind of woke me up was I realized I said, okay, well, people say that this being is all powerful, knows everything, omnipresent, and is all good. If you take what what they said in the story of Adam and Eve, literally as it actually happened, um, God doesn't create imperfect beings. So he knew what he knew that they were going to be imperfect from the beginning, which he created them imperfect. So how can a perfect being make imperfect beings? That would kind of defeat the purpose of him being perfect, don't you think? <laughs> a perfect being cannot create an imperfect being. It's impossible because it, it, it basically it basically defeats the purpose of a God in the first place or what the tenets of a God is. See, now I'm going to say something that will get me in trouble. You're right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, but hold up. Now, a lot of Christians, because I like banging on them. I really do. <laughs> All right, real rap is just going somewhere else. Yeah, we just went to a whole other <laughs> level, man. See, I, what, happens, what happens when you come into TARDIS, man? Hey, look, man, the TARDIS goes through different dimensions and time. You know know what I'm saying, you know. But anyway, like when you even, um, because, you know, I've pointed this out. Um, When you read Genesis 1, okay, man and woman was created on the sixth day. True. All right. 
You go to Genesis 2, that's a totally different story. Oh, yeah. Well, the story is the, the, the creation accounts in both of them have different sequences. Yeah. I mean, and then, then you have uh, the earth being here for two. Okay, this is the one that really, really gets me, though. And I guess you can, uh, y'all, I don't know exactly. It's, it's the, the story of Genesis, but it says uh, God created two light sources. One, the sun for the day and two, the moon for the night. Yeah. Scientifically, we know that's not true. The sun, I mean, the moon does not give off light. It reflects the moon reflects the light from light. the sun. So, yeah. So yeah. how am I going to trust what somebody said? And now, really, this is supposed to be the word from an all-powerful being. And he tells me he created two light sources when we know that there's only one light source. Why would you give me fraudulent information like this if this was the most influential book that needed to help my life and get me right? Why is there so much false stuff in it? Why is there a talking snake in it? Why is there a uh, talking donkey? Why is pi the number three? <laughs> but see, hold up. Now, see, here's the funny thing right now. Like I said, I've been reading some stuff, right? See, the Bible in all these um, texts is, one, we're not supposed to read them literally. They're I've heard that, too. literal. They're basically... If you want to go there, right, they're rhymes, metaphors, parables, True. you know what I'm True. saying, to give the human, the person who's reading it, some sort of clarity. Because, like, one, we, we always have to remember is this, like, because um, I'm a firm believer of this, like, the way that we communicate nowadays is very limited. And when yes, you look is. at ancient cultures, you know, like, one of the uh, key things, um, um, tenets of communication was the picture. Yes. Okay. Yes. And when you study like these ancient pictures, you saw the detail and also too the spoken word. You know the oral tradition. Yep. You know, um, I forgot what um, I was watching something, and um, there's this tribe in uh, Africa where they keep telling uh, this one story of their creation. And these dudes was arguing on how one word was pronounced, the pronunciation. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, just all these texts and scripts and everything, you know. Now, this is the nut job in me coming out. You know, I do believe, like, one, the God of the Bible, okay, you can, no. Because the only thing you got to do is go outside in the woods, sit there, and you'll see something totally different that it does not line up with the Bible. True. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not into the uh, the mathematical anomaly theory. I'm not into that per se. I'm still Paul's like pause like dealing with like um the um Big Bang. The, the oh the uh you talking about like oh see yeah that's that's basically abiogenesis, which we really don't know anything we know so little about that right now all we know is that if you run the clock backwards far as this uh far as space and time you which you know you definitely know anything space and time are like not separate we all space and time is a fabric it's it's it, it, it one depends on the other you can't have one without the other you can't like like light and dark you, you have to have if you have any kind of space from one point in space to another it takes time to get there so yeah so but if you run the space and time backwards to the point of the Big Bang and you do the mathematics, the mathematics fall apart for the simple reason is we don't have a unified theory of the very small. You know, we have Einstein's uh, relativity theory, which explains 
big big stuff like me you planets galaxy stuff like that but when you get to a certain point of smallness which they say that the singularity was a point of infinite gravity infinite infinite mass infinite density the mathematics breaks down because we don't have a full uh, a full comprehension of quantum gravity which mm-hmm. like qu- quantum gravity is gravity on the the billions and billions of times smaller than the smallest atom that that type small shit i mean i mean i, I, I mean i'm taking you i'm taking you somewhere i mean they're they're cats that have you ever heard of string theory of course okay string string theorists are kind of getting into that that type shit with m m theory you know where we're all on one membrane and that's how the uh and we're on a certain slice of membrane floating in this big thing called the bulk and these two different membranes clash against each other and that's where we get our big bangs. It's a cute idea, but I mean, it's been, I mean, it's, it's really, a, it's a cute idea. And they say the mathematics point to it, but I'm not going to stake myself on it. it. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't stake, I wouldn't stake anything on it yet because we have years to go before we even come close to figuring it out. And that's the thing with me, with science and religion. Science is always searching for the answers. Religion starts with the answers. So it doesn't search for anything. They were like, you know, God done did it, but they didn't explain how. He just did it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, how's it go? Uh, we're too stupid to uh, to understand. Yes, the, what's the what's the verse? Lean not on your own understanding. And I always thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. Like, lean not on your own understanding. No, you should lean on your understanding. You know what? You know what? Sometimes that verse. When I look outside, I see some people who shouldn't. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that is so true. You know, I mean, me and you, we could do it, but some other, uh, I don't know. You know, what I'm saying they should be uh, reined in. Like, no. but dude, I've I've had a person actually tell me, and this is no lie, man. In a discussion, they was like, "How can you not believe in a higher power?" If I didn't believe in a higher power, I would go around raping and killing people. And I told that person, I said, dude, if 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 belief in something like a higher power, you need a you need an invisible babysitter to tell you not to kill people and just stuff like that. You need to keep believing, dog. Even if even if you secretly don't believe, you need to keep believing. Uh, honestly, I mean, I don't understand how people think that just because there's no, I don't have anybody standing over me with a laptop taking taking uh dibs on whether i'm good or not determine whether i see somebody getting killed it's wrong to me if, if you don't have if you, if you don't have that inherently you should as a human being you should inherently be like i don't want people killing me so hmm it pretty much makes sense that i wouldn't want to go around killing people because i kind of have what's called empathy you know i can kind of put myself in other people's shoes and feel in a sense okay i wouldn't want somebody to do this to me so i i would not do this to that person so back to that original question of where i get my morals from that's where i get my morals from common sense common sense common sense now the other stuff yeah i mean when you talk about abortion and all that type stuff that that those those are subjective to certain people how you feel about certain things to me it's just some cells to other people it's a baby 
and I might I might get bashed for saying that, but scientifically, when you look at it, at the point where they try to say it's conception, it's just a bunch of cells. It is, but yet it's a baby. But yet it's cells. But yet yeah. it's a baby. But a bunch of cells are also cancer of a bunch of cells. We kill that shit all the time. <laughs> so we shouldn't kill nothing? I didn't say that. <laughs> Some shit need to go. Spiders and Pat Robertson, man. <laughs> you know what, man? I like that dude. He's man, nuts. No. Did, you, did you hear the recent shit that that motherfucker said, man? Uh, what about the Buddhist? No, about the vegetable, about vegetables, dog. Dude, this dude is on the other side of reality and came back around. That motherfucker, his tank is empty. That shit came back around to F. That's how damn, that's how empty this dude's tank is. This dude, I, I man, I'm gonna have to show you the clip. But he says, um, if you smoke weed, if you take, if you do cocaine. You're a slave to vegetables. Oh, 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 that. Oh, you know what, man? First of all, okay. Sometimes we shouldn't just pay people attention. I mean, you know what? Pat Robinson and, and people of his ilk are no different than bad rappers. We always listen to them. Yeah. <clears throat> Kanye. You went there, but anyway, I, I, I just—I I, I go there, man, because I really—he's a fucking douchebag, man. Uh, what? He's a—he's a, he's a talented, now. He's, he's a talented douchebag. Oh yeah, I mean he is, but uh, I'm just—I, mean, I, I, the one thing about him, I give him credit. Okay, before he got paid, that you saw the genius and the hunger out of dude. Yeah. Okay. And the one thing uh, about his tracks, especially when he started doing his own albums, I liked the fact that he didn't play within that uh, sixteen-eight paradigm. Cool. Yeah. That. That's true. Okay. And he was creating songs, which no one does anymore. No one creates a song because know? nobody knows how to. Nobody knows anything about song structure. That guy, like I said, he's talented. He knows how to do a song. Rappers today don't know how to do a song. It's basically. Bars, hook. Bars, hook, end of song. That's it. Yeah. That's that's all it is. So nobody knows anything about bridges. None of that stuff. Me and me and Knox, when we were doing our four the four D stuff, we, we were doing we were writing putting bridges in songs. Thank hooks, you. Thank you. Hooks. Hooks that hooks that we both did that both like went against each other. You know what I'm saying? We would have more than one hook in a song. You know what I'm saying? It would be like, oh, you dudes are anarchists. Yeah, we we man, we would take the we would take the basic structure of a song and say, fuck that. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna do it our way. If I feel like stopping the track and saying something and then going back and doing a hook, we're gonna do it. You, you the cats get too late. They get creatively lazy. Creatively lazy. All right, let me ask you this. Oh, man, you, you know what? We just went all over the place. All right. Fuck, I don't care. I don't care, dude. It's, it's hey, like we have artists. Uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, and see, I'm usually watching anime, so. <laughs> I'm usually watching anime, so shit, or working on a beat. All right, you was a DJ, then you became a rapper. 
Because right. actually, I've never heard you spit before. Oh, man, I got to sing you some music, man. In fact, I got something uh, I just did. Nowadays, if I do something, man, it's almost like, yo, come on in the studio and put a verse on it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I am going to officially write my last vocal album. I'm starting on it now. It's called The Scarlet Letter. So I, it, it, I mean, I, you know how you know how it is writing an album. So it's like you got to clear your plate for a whole. You got to clear your plate so you can focus. So that's like what I'm trying to do now. But yeah, I'll send you some stuff, man. All right, cause, like it's, you know, I, I've known that you rap. See, I know you as producer dude. Yeah, <laughs> producer guy. Okay, I don't know Twelfth Doc as rapper. What type uh, of rapper is Twelfth Doc? I know what type of producer he is. 12 Doc is, uh, I would say, well, you know what? 12 Doc is actually, my rap name is entirely different. My rap name is going to bug you out. My rap name is Centauri. <laughs> you confused individuals. Y'all got two names. <laughs> but see, my, my, my 12, I got three, 12, but anyway. 12, 12, 12, Doc is like, 12 Doc is like my producer alter ego. Mm. So, but Centauri's the MC. Centauri's like, he's a lyrical dude. He's just lyrical. He's I mean, he tells stories. He's that type of dude. But I mean, you know, he's he's that lyrical guy, Mister Mister. Yo, I got I got I got something for this. Spaced out, smokes a lot of weed, hates stupidity. <laughs> he's a nerd. He's a nerd. Sound like an MC to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I was that backpack dude, man. I was at one point that backpack dude. Now that term has kind of been frowned on. I don't know why. You know, people frown. I don't know why people frown on the term backpack music. Because what happened was the backpacker became a uh, little soft uh, marshmallow type rapper. He became the complainer. He he became Linus. <laughs> so you say he got he became like complacent or he, just not he not complacent. Weak. Hmm. And would you say that the music industry kind of made him that way because of the switch? The switch of the culture towards towards things that are more uh, extravagant. Because you remember backpack and backpack rap was like that was dirty, dirty. Yeah, that was that was subway. You know, that was grime. That was grime. Now everything is cleaned up. You know, four hundred nine spick and span shit. It's, it's like is that the reason why? Do you think that's the reason why a lot of uh, underground rappers, or I don't want, I hate to use that term too, but uh, backpack, as they say, rappers are are kind of we we're salty, we're salty in the industry. Ooh, you made it up off our backs. Now you're like, fuck you. Is that that? What? <laughs> I, I guess that, that's why that's why I looked at it. Uh, yeah. Ooh, all right. Now, see, one, you you're not supposed to ask me questions. This is not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay? This, this is, is not. The me show. This is the you show. I ask you questions. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have went there, but you know how you know how engaging we are when we get into conversation. I now, from my perspective, is this. Uh, I've always seen. There's always been like them dudes that were never. They never had testosterone. In they shit. Huh. Hmm. Give me an example. Uh, you know. See, I, I'm gonna have to start exposing names of local Pittsburgh hip hop legends. And, uh, Ooh, well, damn. Let me see. Because I'm just going by what I saw here and how the mentality here kind of grew. Like, 
You know, back in uh, high school, middle school, you always had them nerdy dudes. They were very reclusive. And um, they was... You wouldn't hang out with them because if you knew something happened, they would, like, hide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do do know a couple of those. Okay, so, like, what happened... I'm just going by what I saw here. They liked hip-hop, and we all had that in common, but the style of hip-hop that they did wasn't... It was always about their problems. You talking about what I call I call it emo rap? Yeah, yeah, because they're they're the father of Drake. Niggas like like atmosphere. I consider I'm sorry I consider him emo rap. Uh, J Cole I consider emo rap. The, the, J Cole is emo, but these are, these are the the. Forefathers. He's nice though. He's nice. He's nice. But <laughs> you remember them? I mean, yeah, they was in the anime and comics and stuff like that. But they was always them dudes that dress goofy. You know who I'm t- you know yeah. they, they was them. Oh, okay. The and, the guy I got problems, so I'm gonna tell you all the problems that are going on with me. You know, they would always I know y'all can't see what I'm doing, but they would always like rap on stage like this. Yeah, like, they, they insecure and shit. Yeah, them. <laughs> I'm so insecure, I gotta tell you all my problems. Yeah. Yeah, cause see, uh, once all the grimy dudes of that era became popular they filled the void and what happened was their beats was always you you know that dreary Wurlitzer music it never had no behind it yeah I I, I, yeah (laughs) yeah and and they always want to go out and buy $300 records Uh, and they always wearing some goofy fashion because they was always dressing at the thrift store. Yeah, wow, you, you you talk about cats like um, I'm gonna drop some names. Go ahead, Sage Francis. Yeah. Uh, cats like that. Uh, 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 Lewis Logic dudes like that that are like talk about drinking till they get drunk and girls left them and. They're, 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 you know what I'm saying? My dog got killed. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so backpack, and then, I mean, and then when they rap, right, it's either they're always saving hip-hop. It's always, they save hip-hop more times than Lois Lane, man. Man, saving hip-hop, what the fuck are you, insane? That's what they keep talking. Listen to their lyrics. I mean, yeah, every once in a while they'll get super lyrical. But then it's always wine, 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 save hip hop, wine, wine, wine. The beats are always eh. hip hop is beyond, it's beyond saving, man. You can't save that shit. I you say let like, it burn. You just got to pick up the pieces of what hip hop was and make it your own instead of trying to. And then I know I know some cats that talk about, yo, we need to take back hip hop. Take back what? A fucking carcass? I mean, the, the carcass has been the carcass has been picked dry of hip-hop, honestly. That's why I tell people I don't really make hip-hop music anymore. I don't make beats for rappers like that unless somebody come to me. I'm not out there, yo, yo, you know, in, in producer space, yo, I got beats. Because I'm because for real, I'm not really trying to make hip-hop music anymore, man. It's not fun no more, man. <laughs> it's see, not fun. See, no I, I'm agree to disagree. Okay. All right. First of all, you still exist. 
True. Okay. Yeah. Now you came from the womb. You came from the motherland of hip hop, so that's still I- embedded in your DNA. Yeah. Okay. W- so- yeah. Let me. Okay. I'll, let me put it a different way. I don't focus. My main focus isn't rappers and hip hop anymore. As mm-hmm. I branched beyond that, far as a producer, I'm into doing like animation. That's why I watch so much anime. Because that's eventually I want to make mu- I want to make music for uh, Japanese animation and do overdubs and stuff like that. <laughs> that's my main focus. That's what I'm trying to make my bread at. Yeah. Hip hop. That's like my side shit now to me. It's like you know because because really there's I mean dude I I can't even tell you the last time I like listened to a rapper like a whole album like I can't even tell you the last time I said okay I'm finna check out such and such well no let me take that back. Um, the Woo. I heard the Woo's new album. Whack. Oh, that album was horrible. Ghostface. That is the worst. That was the worst album. I, 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 I was like, I was sad. I was, dep- I was like, oh. Have you heard Ghostface's dip? The new one. What is it called? Thirty Six Seasons. No, I haven't heard oh, that one. Oh, dude, I'm gonna tell you this. Ghostface killed the Wu Tang Clan with that album. Really? No. I- Last 36 thing, seasons is the truth. Where I'm a, I'm gonna check that one out. I last thing I heard from Ghost was the joint he did with uh Doom, the Doom Stark, Doom Starks. And he killed that. Ghost was always at first I'll, I'll admit first time I heard Wu-Tang, people ain't gonna believe this. I I hated it. I thought it was whack. Sorry. I mean this is this is a this is a 12 dot confession. The first time I heard Wu-Tang I did not like Wu Tang Clan. I thought it was stupid. I, I honestly thought it was stupid. But then I actually went back and listened to the album over again, and I was like, "Hmm, this is different." This is. I was like, "Yo, this is different." And then it kind of it grew on me. And then when Dirty put his album out, that's when I was like, "Yo, this is this is hot. I'm feeling this." All right, I got a Dan status confession. <laughs> when I first heard "Protect Your Neck." I was like, oh, these dudes is biting fushnickens. <laughs> I'm like, this song is cool and all. I- I'll never forget I said this. I'm like, this song is cool and all, but these dudes ain't going to be nothing. Damn. I was wrong. <laughs> yep, yep. And then, you know, it's funny where how who makes music <laughs> and like places that you would think would like it, didn't like it. Like, okay, I can remember this, dog. I can remember when License to Ill came out. Mm. And for one for that period, for like a couple years, I was living here in North Carolina. And then I ended up in my in the seventh grade going up to New York and going to school for a couple years. And I brought license to ill to New York because it was it was like the shit here. They I mean people were going crazy over it. I brought that shit to New York and was playing it. Cats in New York like, get that shit the hell out of here, man. That shit is garbage, man. You listen, you listen to them, and I was like, "Yo, this is the you know Paul Revere, man. You know what I'm saying? Time to get ill. They they wasn't feeling it in New York. Like certain cats just was not feeling the Beastie Boys. Dude, I'm one of them. I, I mean, I I liked it because it was something different. That was my thing at that time. At that time, and we know what really. If you if you looked at it like how I looked at it, I looked at it as it was a joke. I, I really until late until later on when they really started getting serious about their music because they were really good they're really good musicians a lot of people didn't know that about them they they actually play 
You know what I'm saying? That rap shit that they was doing, I think that was just a way to, yo, we want to get people to notice us. We know we ain't lyrical geniuses, so we're just going to do an album like this. And, and it worked. And I appreciated it. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't looking at Be- the Beastie Boys for any lyrical content. I, I never, I never, just like I wouldn't look at, look at NWA for any lyrical content. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to say minute, that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, no, they were storytellers. Yeah, but Cube wrote a lot of that good stuff, man, if you ask me. Cube and Ren were the real dope MCs in that crew. Ren, Ren was nasty. You got to give him, you got to give me that. Ren, oh, Ren was nasty. Ren, Ren, no, was, Ren was ridiculous. Ren it was slept, is slept he, on. He slept, slept on. Cube, I think it was at his time. It, it, I'm not talking about are we there yet, Don Mega. Don Mega, no, not him. We're talking about the Raiders hat cube. That Kill dude was Will, Killer America's Will, most wanted. Yeah, that's the that's the cube I'm talking about. Have you ever tried to talk to any young kids about Ice Cube? Like, like they you they tell know him them as an actor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You tell them, yo, this dude was like one of the hardest cats out ever. Think about who this guy. The guy, him. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he, he. He would talk about eight blowing your ass away. <laughs> and he hated George Bush Sr. Yeah. He hated and, him and with a passion. They never, they, you wouldn't believe it. But yo, what you think about the new NWA movie coming out this summer? Yeah. I, uh, uh. <laughs> it could be inspiring or it could be whack. That movie, ooh, I don't know, man. The only movie I, I'm waiting for is The Avengers. I'm going to keep it 100. The Avengers? Okay, Age of Ultron, because I, that looks off the chart. That NWA movie, I'm going a, I'm to a let the streets speak for it. If they say it's hot, I'll check it out. If they say it ain't, I'll keep it moving. Man, I'm I'm waiting for Akira, man. The uh, live action. Uh, you the know live what action. I heard about that. I'm I don't know about that one either, dude. Well, the only thing I have a problem with, I, I, a problem I'm gonna have with it, is if they if they cast and this is not this is not a racist thing, y'all. If they cast a white dude as as uh, as, they cast a white dude as the main character or even even the supporting character. If Tetsuo is a white dude, I'm gonna be pissed off because I mean, really, they should put Asian people in that movie. They that should, it should be an Asian cast. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, after they fucked Dragon Ball, after they, dude, I was like, I would, I told myself I would never watch a live action anime done ever again. But I just went, I just saw this this uh, live action adaptation of this anime I've been watching called Gantz, and that shit is that shit is raw, so it can be done. You can take a good comic or a good anime and make a good movie out of it. It all depends on what you do with it. And if you're willing to put in the time to actually make the shit that the fans like, because if anybody's seen Dragon Ball Evolution, I want to I want to find the script writer for that. And I want to like I want to beat him up really bad. <laughs> I really want to beat him up really bad for messing that up, man. You know it what? A- I learned my lesson a long time ago about live action movies for certain things. Uh, and I'm going to mention this Street Fighter. Ew. That was my first and last. Well, no, let me take that back. 
Mortal Kombat. I'm sorry that Mortal Kombat was off the chain, though. They got a new one, one coming out. They have a new one that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. See, I feel like that about I feel like that about a lot of things. They have a new one that's coming out. But you know, this is just basically long story short. Is this man? It's our entertainment, and it doesn't matter what what you want to pick. It's just being condensed into uh, this prepackaged box GMO crap. Yeah, but well, that's you know, all it is. You know, and. We- we need to go back to making homemade music, homemade movies, homemade books, homemade art. True. Well, look at it, dude. MTV is music television. They don't show music videos anymore. VH1 doesn't show music videos anymore. Rarely. R- rarely have I seen music videos on M- MTV. BET, let's not even start there. We could do a whole, we could do a whole fucking show on BET, but <laughs> we're not going to go there with that. But look who you have far as the uh, the main outlets media, and I'm I'm speaking specifically of black entertainment or urban entertainment as they like to call it. You have TV One, you have Centric, and you have BET, yeah. and for everything else is MTV, uh, VH1, and shit like that. We're I mean we have a narrow view of what. They, they're giving you, this is what you watch. Nothing else outside. Put in and out. I've talked to some, I've talked to a lot of people that you would consider legends in the game. And they will tell you, nine times out of ten, when you give them that tape, for one, most people get uh, CDs with, a marker, their name written on it. How are they going to remember that? You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, you know, back in the days when it was cassettes. Ooh, I'm dating myself. Dudes would get a, a fucking Sertron tape and record themselves over some shit that they recorded so you could still hear the generation in the background and expect that to be a demo tape. Like, come on, dude. And so today you're in this situation where you have the internet. You can put your own shit out. You don't have to depend on the record companies. Why do you think radio and the music industry are in the toilet? They're in the shits right now. Because the internet gave the the freedom back to the artists. It gave us the freedom to say, we don't want to listen to the shit you putting out. So I'm going to go find some stuff by somebody that I want to hear music from. So, I mean, really, in the next couple years, dog, radio, I think, is going to be gone. And... And the music industry, the record industry, is going to be entirely internet. There will be no more. You ever been, when last time you been to a record store? Uh, I mean, not crate digging, but just, you know, uh, like old record stores. Not old record stores, but I'm talking about like record stores that sell like current music. Best Buy and Starbucks. Really? And how are they like, they're sh- the, the, do they have a lot of wax? Uh, dude, I don't know. Okay, do they have like a wax? no wax. Okay, oh. and the, well, at Starbucks right now, um, they got this Blue Note CD. Uh, I saw Katy Perry <laughs> and somebody else. Because right now, man, it's either Best Buy or Starbucks. Y'all don't have an FYE down, up, up there? They, we used to. Yeah, ours is small. And it's like the, the, the damn 
music section, the, the video Blu-ray section is bigger than the music section. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The internet uh, ha- has, I-, I wouldn't say it killed the record industry because the record industry still survives. They're still pumping out stuff and people still consume it. It's not how it used to be and, and they're getting real slick because um, once you start uh, studying like um, the digital um, rights part of a contract yeah, and how the artist does not get paid when you buy it off iTunes and all that other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so they still making their money. Um, but just the personal computer, even right now how we're doing this conversation, it, the, the PC has changed the game. You know, now we yeah. have the power to make our own music. You know, there was a point where I stopped listening to dudes. Because why should I listen to you where I can make my own shit? Oh, that's where I'm. That's where I've been at, man. So I'm. I'm there too. People ask me all the time, "Yo, you heard this?" Nope. They be like, "Yo, V, you don't like nothing." <laughs> I say, "Yeah, man. I'm do." To be honest, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. The last rap song that I could, uh, hip hop song that I can honestly remember liking that I heard on the radio was. Um, Rick Ross's and Drake's uh, Dice Pineapples. That was like the last song that I kind of... And you, you know how long ago? Yeah, dude, I dig, I dig that song. That song is hot. The, the music is okay, hot. Okay, show's over. Thank you for coming out. God bless you. No, I just... I, dig, I dug the song. I thought the music was really nice in that. It was, it, was, it, it was a departure from what I'm used to hearing from them. That's why it kind of caught my ear. Because I'll, I'll listen... You know, on the like, I heard some really bad stuff, man. This is a song that's out. I mean, it's probably even worse than the Coco song, man. I mean, the, the, yeah, dog. That that song is, and I'm Busta Rhymes. As a lyrical artist, I love you, but as a judge of talent, you suck. I'm gonna say, is that song popular? Why you say why is it popular? Guys, I'm just I'm just asking, is it? Yes, the hell it okay, is. Okay, he don't suck. Well, he making a, a buck. Yeah, but from a from a lyrical standpoint, man, if you know anything about lyrics, that sucked. It's not about see. see it's the one it's thing, not about sucks. Now I guess it's not about sucks. See, it, the one thing, and I'm a proponent of this. Okay, I am an atheist when it comes to the industry. I don't believe in it, and I say let's cut it off. Let, let's just stop giving them our attention. Mm. We have too much power as artists. There's too many good artists that you know, in your own backyard that you know, right? Yeah. Good artists. Okay? Yeah. I got mine. I, and just with the two of us, if everybody would just start promoting each other to other people, Okay, the industry would if we really want to like shut it off. Only thing we have to do is promote us, other people we know, and just stop listening to the industry. It's a it's a man that is a Shangri La utopia idea, dog. And oh, I, I, I would I would love to do it, but it's just we gotta face the facts of people are people, artists are artists, and everybody. If you're gonna be in this game, this goes out to all these young dudes out there. You're gonna have to be an asshole and 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 an egoist at times. That's that's just the way the game is. You go into a game. This game 
you going into it, you're going to already have to know that there are going to be some people that's just going to try to fuck you out of something or they're trying to get they're going to try to get something out of you. So you have to work in order to get together with other people. You have to be able to work through those ego issues of it's bigger than it's bigger than the individual. It's about the, the movement itself. You know what I'm saying? No one artist or no one person should be above the movement itself. We should all be pushing each other, not, you know, one person pushing another person and then nobody doing that in return. And that's the way, like I was saying, everybody here is on some every man for himself shit. It's like the Hunger Games. They put a bunch of weapons out there and everybody just grabbed the motherfuckers and run in the forest. <laughs> that's what this shit is like, dog. It's the Hunger Games and shit. <laughs> But you know, and see, the sad thing is, it we can blame the industry all day, but at the end, it's us. Yeah, it's us. You know, we're the ones who contribute to this stuff, and I, because I understand the difference between the artists, uh, us creators, versus the fan. The fan is actually dumb. I say it all the time, brother. Okay, consumers it, are idiots. Yeah, the customer is not always right. And it's just up to us, you know, as the community of creators, we have to look out for one another. It doesn't matter if you are the hottest producer out right now. Great. Because if you're hot, that means the cats behind you can get some shine, too. True. You know, and, you know, you know, the Hunger Games mentality is why everything's a mess. Thank you. I mean, I just made that analogy up on the spot, but that's kind of like what it's like. You you put you put a bunch of record deals down there in the middle and say, "Okay, y'all go for yours." Everybody just grabbing, trying to kill each other for one. And no one gets signed. You know signed. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, really, if you really want to, you you really want to concentrate. And you know, I'm a, I'm gonna plug my brother's shit real quick. He has a music online channel uh, for uh, artists called Music Online dot uh, dot net or the music music online dot com. And he can get you the network as far as like there, there are like people on there that network and listen, they actually come on the message boards and listen to certain artists. And it's not like somebody's just giving you, he's just giving you somebody or giving you a name. My brother actually have dealt with these people and they know what the deal is. So, I mean, you have to try to find, you're going to have to do your grind work. I mean, part of it is the art, the, the, from, from an artist's perspective, the music and putting the music together is the easy part. That's the easy shit. That's the shit. That's the no-brainer shit. The grind is the damn, the promoting yourself, pushing yourself, letting everybody know who you are. If you're an artist and you want to be out there like that, you know what I'm saying? You got to let everybody know who I am. And I mean, you know, when I was really trying to be that, that's what I was lacking. I was lacking the work ethic. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's one of my. That was one of my faults, and I, I'll admit that to this day. Yeah, I could have pushed myself that a little bit more when I was doing the whole MC thing, but now, as far as now that I have that knowledge and I'm in the producer game, oh yeah, it's all in. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting beats. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm popping up here and there and everywhere now. So it's like, you know, um, you know, I'm just trying to really branch outside of my crew now, as far as like production. And like doing stuff with like, you know, I want to probably work with some cats, you know, you, you and some other cats, you were on my last album, 
You know what I'm saying? And people still trip out on that shit. He's like, damn, he didn't went hard. Like he just he just he just broke it down in one interlude. Like, yeah. See, but that's what it was. We both reaching out to each other. And that's what you were the point you were making is like us as a hip hop community, if we truly believe in this stuff, then it, it's up to us to reach out to each other and be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I got beats. You got MCs that might want to get on some of my stuff that's, you know, on a different vibe. And the same here, like, yo, I got some cats. They might like your stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we need to be doing as far as like a hip hop culture. And sadly, that's not what we're doing right now. We're spending too much time turning up instead of turning pages and books. You know, turning up, playing the Hunger Games and watching love and hip hop, you know, and on, on some gas and some mollies. You know, got my hand in my skinny my skinny jeans that are off my ass. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. before we wrap this up, and you know, I like to thank you for coming on the show. Hey, any anytime, this was fun, dog. We might have to do this one again. Oh, bro. That, oh no, no, no! You gonna be back on? Cause uh, you know, I want to see Twelfth uh, Doctor, the Angry Doctor. Oh wow! Yeah. You think they ready for that, man? <laughs> this is the Twelfth Doctor, aka Twelfth Doc. Your baby mama's favorite producer, and you're listening to real rap. Kirk and Spock ain't got nothing on us. Peace to the Time Lord himself, the 12th Doctor. Peace. Thank you for coming on, sir. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you. Because I do actually like you people. I mean, I may talk bad about y'all, but I do like y'all. But you got some sense. But remember this, this is Roll Rap and everything said in this podcast lecture series is that of the 12th Doctor and me, Mr. Dan Status. As we venture off into the universe, or to your ghetto, or wherever you're going, you can check out the 12th Doctor on Bandcamp.com, 12th Doctor, 12th Doctor. You can check him out on SoundCloud, the 12th Doctor, 12th Doctor. And coming up, Cause I like this song right here, Time and Neon, from his album, Synesthesia. What's that? Look the word up, cause I know y'all know what we talking about. But check it out!
synesthesia involves colour. New dimension in sound. Sound. Doctor, 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 doctor